Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I am Dr. Andrew Scaff. He is Dr. Michael Werman, Esquire. Don't forget that. Uh, this week, we're going to get into our NFL preview for next week. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Royals and their offseason pickups, uh, as well as the massive Shohei Otani $700 million contract. Uh, but we'll lead off today's episode with a lot of the controversies, I guess, in the NFL's week 14. Uh, it seems like most everyone post, you know, conclusion of the week has been talking a lot about the officiating and all of the crazy upsets. Mike, was, did you did you enjoy this week or did you find it very frustrating to watch as a fan, as a better and as a rule uh, interpreter as a as an attorney now? <laughs> well, I found it uh, for the Tommy DeVito uh, uh, <laughs> um, I I found it frustrating mainly because mainly as a Chiefs fan, um, given the fact that they've had so many problems with their uh, wide receiver core and dropping passes and offensive penalties and things like that, and and this was a you know, looking uh, looking at the footage of Kadarius Tony, he is technically offsides, but this is one of those things where usually, and I think there has been footage of Tony looking to the officials, and maybe maybe not, maybe he didn't wait long enough for them to tell him or whatever. But he, it seems like this is something that is rarely, if ever, called, and it's something that is usually given a warning or two first. Um, it's a little bit like uh, the team on the sideline getting too close to the uh, field. You know, they get a warning first, and it's 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 not you know defensive offsides is is very common to be called, but I think offensive unless it's like they say it was egregious, but it wasn't really. His toe was a little bit over maybe, um, and it's just and it was an ang- it was it was we don't know exactly where it was when the. If, when the center had the ball originally, we know where it was when he kind of pulled it back to to start. But it was, I don't know, it was inconsequential to the play. I guess Tony did catch the um, the lateral from Kelsey, which was an amazing play. But I don't think if he had been an inch farther back, it would have affected anything. So no, no, and, no. And this is something that happens, like you know, Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins was just uh, offsides in the exact same way but it wasn't called. So it's one of those things where it's like a little bit like, I think I heard somebody on one of the NFL pundits say like, it's a little bit like speeding. Technically, if you're, a mile, if you're going a mile over, it's, it's, it, you're committing a crime, but you never, it never gets called. Or if you do get pulled over, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, gets a warning before um, a ticket. So right. I, was, I, I was, I, I, I saw the flag fly before, like, like, before the play so i i was kind of expecting the worst so so even i i couldn't really be happy about um the kelsey to tone it the the mahomes long pass to kelsey kelsey lateral uh long lateral and then the, the oh, it, was a, it was a full-on uh, pass i mean it was a i mean a, a lateral form right because it was yeah but it was overhand yeah very similar to and but actually went backwards unlike the famous um was it Mem- what was it Memphis Miracle? Nashville? Was that when or was it Memphis? Was that was that when the Titans were still playing in Memphis? I think it was. 
uh, Frank Whitech, who actually died over the weekend. I think he had a fall in his home or something. Yeah. That that pass was obviously forward. They counted it as a lateral, yeah. and uh, the Titans won that game. But um, this one was a – it was great. But, I yeah, I even I, – I couldn't appreciate it. So I just was expecting the worst, and the worst occurred. And then the Chiefs were inept in the next three plays, and that was it. But they lost to the Bills. But I don't. It's frustrating. It was frustrating to watch. And what's really surprising about that particular type of penalty, which is you know very rarely called anyway, uh, is that you know that they that they go ahead and make they go ahead with the play. It's not blown dead before the play happens, so that we know what the result of the play was, and it was spectacular. And then that you know highlight never happened because even though we saw yeah. it. But now it didn't happen, so it's it's very you know frustrating as a fan and as a uh, you know to to have it nullified and take points off the board then too, which we saw go onto the board just to be taken off for something that's uh you know so so seemingly yeah. nothing, you know not not advantageous you know mm-hmm. event happening that give to give t- like you know Tony an advantage and they did, you know there was yeah. none, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, you wonder why it's frustrating as a fan, at least, to see it. Yeah, you wonder why some offensive penalties are like before the snap, pre-snap, are they stop the play, like a false start, they stop the play. Mm-hmm. But illegal formation, they don't. And like, you know, certain other illegal shift, they don't. Which which is strange to me. Why don't they just all because like it it why don't they stop all of the movement slash lining up? penalties before they happen if it's if it's pre-snap why not stop it the only thing that they let usually slide pre-snap is a defensive offsides right um, which is something that um he thinks most quarterbacks like to have um i don't know if i don't know if any defenses like the idea of let's play anyway uh on this play because we know a guy's offside so we does that just mean we can you know wail on a guy harder or, or so it, it doesn't make it doesn't make much sense why why like a pre snap any any pre snap penalty is not um, stopped beforehand if it's on, if it's on the offense because that's a you know I, it just it just creates you know it's it's a, it's another chance for injury if you know if you know there's a penalty of that sort why make them play the play unless it's you know, I think, yeah, unless it happens during the play, which I guess they think offsides happens during the play rather than before the play. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, cause, yeah, sometimes, you know, they, you can have like neutral zone infractions where you can still like get back to the line before the snap happens. Yeah. And so it's like kind of up to the quarterback and center to sort of like decide if they want to try to snap it quick enough to like catch the guy offsides and get a free play. Or move and, 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 uh, Throw the play dead so that they all start into a offsides or something. Yeah, it's yeah, it's strange. I think it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't think the call made a whole lot of sense. It was a a Carl Sheffer's uh, decision, and we know uh, the Chiefs and Carl Sheffers do not always see eye to eye. Even though he was the referee during the Super Bowl for Super Bowl Fifty Seven, but historically he has been very um bad uh for the chiefs and the chiefs have not cared for his work uh famously travis kelsey said that he shouldn't even work at 
at Foot Locker after the um, after a loss to the Steelers uh, in a wild card game several years ago. I remember that game. That was it. wasn't the worst officiating the Chiefs have had in the playoffs. I think the Jeff Triplett um, uh, uh, Tennessee Titans game was worse. Uh, you know those sacks that were called off because. Uh, forward progress was stopped even though like it was just he was just being tackled it wasn't like and he dropped the ball so it's i'm getting off a little off uh it wasn't it may not have even been the worst cheffers game either the 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 uh was pretty bad super bowl was pretty bad but also the was the he was the afc championship game against the bucks too wasn't he the super he was the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay. He was oh, super, super, oh, super Bowl against Tampa. That's it. That was it. Yeah. Super Bowl fifteen. Oh, I was thinking. Oh, I was thinking. That, no. Yeah. No. I was thinking of the uh, New England AFC Championship game. That wasn't him, though. I don't think. Yeah, and you wonder why Jefferson gets the Super Bowl two out of three years. I, it's, I don't think he's. I don't know. I, it's the way they grade the officials isn't doesn't seem to be very good either in the NFL. They think those yeah. are the best guys. I know. I they. I think they just need a real overhaul, especially because I think. Even though I I think it's more incompetence than corruption, it 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 has that kind of whiff of corruption because the NFL and legalized gambling have become more and more entwined over the last couple of years. Um, so it's like fully integrated into um you know into like the sports sites even like ESPN now has its own betting mm-hmm. app. And uh, you know they they show like the the odds on the games like in like the sports recaps and everything too. So it's like it's really fully integrated into sports and the league at this point. Yeah, this is a team situated in Las Vegas then too, the betting capital of of the U.S. Yeah, and in the in the, in the so the, the last two games of the Chiefs really have been decided by a call, um, a no call on an obvious penalty. And then a call on a maybe dubious penalty, we could say uh, that it was uh, at least called that. That this isn't usually called. I think it was the first time in twenty five thousand plus offensive plays of Andy in Andy Reid's career that yeah. offsides has been called. And I don't think that's. I would guess that Tony was not the most offsides of anybody in those twenty five thousand plays. Okay. So. But I don't know. That's the way the the game was called. The Chiefs still kind of remarkably are in the hunt, still for the number one seed. The Baltimore Ravens, who kind of survived a miraculous game against uh, the Rams, didn't look didn't look particularly good. And they have some tough games. I think they play uh, my at Miami still, and they play San Francisco. So those could be two losses. They could end up with five losses. Miami lost, of course. On Monday night, to with the Will Levis led Tennessee Titans in a miraculous comeback in the last uh, two or three minutes. To I think they were the first team to lose in regulation a, a game where they were ahead by fourteen or more points with it within the last three minutes of uh, first team to lose in 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 many years because usually most teams would try to tie it. Although the the the, the Titans went for the win, they went for two. Uh, that one time um, but so you know if the Dolphins lose one more game so they play Buffalo still they play I think they play Dallas mm-hmm. still, and they play Baltimore so but hopefully they beat Baltimore and lose to either Buffalo or D- 
Dallas, and then that would mean the Chiefs, if they went out, would be 12 and 5, and then the other teams would also have five or more losses because uh, the Jaguars also have five losses now. And even if they went out and the Chiefs went out, the Chiefs have the tiebreaker over them. They've only the Chiefs have only lost two AFC games, so they have the tiebreaker over um everyone. Over everyone and head to head tiebreakers over Miami and, and Jacksonville. So, you know, but they're also only one game ahead now in the division over the Broncos, which is a little scary. Uh, given I, I think the Chiefs don't really aren't really in danger of missing the playoffs, but seven and there are several seven and six teams on the outside looking in right now. So it's yeah, the a, a lot of chaos in the AFC playoff race. Yeah, well, and so yeah, three of the division teams lost, as did the six, seven, and eight seeds as of right now, anyway, also lost. So yeah, six of the top eight teams in the in the AFC lost, and then six of the top ten seeds in the NFC actually lost. The but only one division leader, but the five, seven, eight, nine, and ten seeds all lost in the, those current positions, anyway. Yeah, current positions. Yeah, uh, so it was a Eagles, little bloodbath in the league. Five. Yeah, yeah, a real bloodbath amongst the uh, the top contenders for playoff spots. You know, is that? Do you think that looks bad for the league, or do you think that the league doesn't care? Everybody really watching it anyway. I think they want people battling, teams battling for playoffs all the way to the end. So then they want as many teams as possible to be contenders all the way up to the end. And so I think I think they're getting just what they wanted, uh, which is a kind of parity uh uh among the teams in a in a very competitive league where you don't have a lot of 16 and 1 teams and 1 and 16 teams or you know you have more you know everyone's between 12 and 5 and 5 and 12 at the end you you probably won or yeah although do you, do you think it's well. strange the last time that we had one of these like really unpredictable weeks was in week 7 so we've had week seven and week 14 both were uh, sort of crazy blowout, weird games, upset games. So you're expecting week 21, which would be um, be the AFC NFC championship AFC, game. AFC championship game would be wacky. Yeah. I, 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 or yeah, I, I don't know about the pattern. I think it's, I think it's a coincidence. It's but. really just the second time this season that that's happened. And they were, it was, it happened that it's in week seven and week 14. <laughs> yeah, coincidence. I yeah, I think so. I think it's just a coincidence. I think it's just a coincidence. I don't think there's anything else to it, but you know, it's, it's one of those things that happens every once in a while. And maybe hopefully at least for the chief's sake, you know, the chiefs can, it, it can happen again, but the chiefs will avoid being the team that gets upset uh during uh one of those weeks if it happens again between now and week 18 uh the chiefs do you think they you think the the defense i think played really better than they did against green bay the offense didn't look great again it looked okay at times but then they still had drive stall and they still had you know kind of a random fumble and a weird interception and they got behind early. That was the big thing. Was that they gave up fourteen quick points and yeah, play out of the hole. But you know they aren't you know horribly uncomfortable in those scenarios. We've seen them come from bad deficits before, so it's not uh, the end of the world to get behind by fourteen points. But yeah, you still don't want to see them do it. 
I'm talking about Holmes's record of when he's behind double digits is getting, he was well over 500, but now he's getting closer and closer to 500. Hopefully that, that, that will change if the chiefs get down uh, again, but yeah, they, I don't, were, were there any other games that you found uh, interesting or should you want, do we want, do we want to talk about our bets uh, for this past week? I think, yeah, that, I mean, interesting. There's a lot of very like unpredictable things that happened like the jets scored 30 points new england figured out how to win a game you know those mm-hmm. things were all like very strange we're strange and yeah New England. the giants like you know ended up winning a game that's tommy uh DeVito. yeah tommy, maybe the tommy defeato effect uh yeah i mean i mean it, it wasn't just like the teams were were winning but like we're like you know doing things that were very unaccustomed to seeing like the Jets scoring 30 points in a game. Like they've had like a very anemic offense. Yeah, destroying now. the uh Houston right. Texans who were thought to be a you know a team on the rise. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. So the yeah, New England beat Pittsburgh 21 to 18. Uh those in and those 21 points were scored very quickly in the first half. And then of course they didn't score any in the second half. But right. it seems like Bailey Zappi may be the quarterback now in New England, just as just as we had we had predicted, uh, particularly we, you, but yes, well, yeah, because I dislike McCorkle, Mike, um, Mac uh, Jones. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. He's not any better than Zappy is anyway. He just happens to have a more of a pedigree than 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 Zappy uh, has. But I think I think the teammates, I think his teammates like, like Zappy better than they like uh, Mac Jones, and Seems. yeah, and it's and we had. A couple of, yeah, the uh, Chicago, I think, beating Detroit so handily was another kind of Thank crazy. You, uh, so, you know, they won 28 to 13. Um, that was one of my picks. So we can, we can, we want to just roll that into this. Yeah. Well, we already talked time. about my one of my picks already. I had the Chiefs winning uh, by one and a half, and they lost, of course, by three. Had they had that had that pass counted, probably they would have uh, covered the spread because then Buffalo would have needed a touchdown in the last minute rather than uh, you know, I, I unlikely they would have tried to kick a field goal to only lose by one point uh, yeah. that game. So right, I, <laughs> maybe 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 under uh, Sean McVay, maybe they would would have kicked a quick field goal and then an onside kick to try to kick another field goal. Yeah. Uh, in in very short succession but um it was yeah this was this was a a a, not a good game for me um i was i I, you know i was trying to stick with kansas city because they had you know they lost my i picked them over green bay this is the first time i picked kansas city this this season as one of my bets uh you know two weeks ago against green bay then last week uh, I picked them to beat uh, Buffalo to, to try to, you know, not, uh, you know, abandon uh, the Chiefs just because they yeah. lost one. Uh, and this week I'm going to pick them in another way. We'll, we'll talk about that um, a little bit later. But, yeah, so I picked uh, the Chiefs minus one and a half. So that was my first loss of the week. Um, neither of us d- did terribly well on the locks. No. Uh, I was 0-2-1. And you were, were you one, one and two? One and two. So we were one, four, 
and one. I am oh five and one in my last six. So I've really sunk like a stone uh these last couple of weeks. Hopefully I can turn it around. But um after you, having you, built up a pretty good advantage even too and then yeah, it just, just evaporated very quickly in two weeks yeah because i had been at least like, building it steadily i've been getting a lot of two and one two and one two and one and, and yeah. building up then oh three oh two and one uh, so you had what what was what was your detroit uh bet i had detroit minus three at chicago and yeah chicago winning at 28 13 yeah, detroit fully flat essentially on there They've I'll been flying a couple of times on the road. Uh, that that Ravens game remind is is a little bit like that. So they they've been known to lay some eggs, and you wonder if you know Detroit can keep, um, can keep up with the real top dogs in the NFC, which is you know Dallas and San Francisco and Philadelphia. Uh, Detroit seems like they've really slotted in as probably the fourth best team at best in the yeah. NFC. Um, well, and, and giving up twenty eight points to the to the the Bears is a little surprising too. It's like doesn't look great for their defense. Uh, the Bears' offense hasn't been terribly good most of the season either. So, either this was just a total like fluke of a week, and everybody could just write this one off, or it could be a sign that they're going the wrong direction headed into the playoffs, which is a little worrisome. Yeah. Is speaking of, well, speaking of Dallas and Philadelphia. I was my second bet. I I thought Dallas was going to win, but I did not bet Dallas at uh, minus three and a half. I decided to bet the over under instead. I thought it was going to be a high scoring game because Dallas scores a lot of points. Philadelphia, I thought would score a decent number as well, but uh, the over under was pretty high over under 51 and a half. You know, it ended up being 33 to 13 uh cowboys over the eagles so only 46 total points so i would have needed another touchdown uh from one of the sides so not too far off but um i was on the wrong side of the over under in in dallas yeah, it's really the surprise was that philly wasn't able to score really much right they only had 13 in the game is that what it was 13 yeah touchdown to field goals so yeah, that's was... a really low output for a team that's you know, been able to score pretty well against just about everybody. And the team and Dallas gives up points sometimes. They have a good defense, but it's a big play kind of defense rather than a, a stifling defense. Yes. Right. And, right. You know, they gave up 36 just last week before to uh Seattle. And Seattle's not really known for its offense in the way that Philadelphia is. So right. It was a little strange, but that's what you know. That's the way the cookie crumbled in in Dallas. Phillies had a couple of bad games in a row now too, and it's you know maybe they're looking a little more concerned about their position because they've lost their division lead now also. And would you be more relegated to a wild card spot as of now? Yeah, except are you more concerned if you're the Eagles or the Chiefs? Um, I mean, I don't think either either of them are concerned about losing their being you know being in the playoffs but i think philadelphia's uh, already qualified i think that i think they yeah uh, last week and i think the chiefs are at something like 98 percent chance of making the playoffs so it's it'd be pretty tough for them to be out um yeah i don't i don't think they're worried about you know, either of them are worried about you know making the playoffs maybe partly because philly is possibly already in uh but i don't know maybe they actually feel better about playing some of the games as not being the uh 
the uh, favorite even in some some cases. So maybe, I don't know. It seems like the Chiefs prefer to be more of an underdog, even though they can't be really classified as an underdog at any point. So um, I don't know. I'm not worried about either of them as of now, but Philly maybe they've been they've getting gotten blown out a couple of times. The Chiefs can at least say like, oh, their drops, their penalties have been weird. Like the officiating's not been great. Philly just got beat. Yeah, that's that's a little more worrisome. Do you agree with that, or is that I different thought I, on things? I would yeah, I would say that yeah, because Philadelphia's been. Um, beaten badly by the two top teams in the conference. They lost badly at home to the 49ers, and they lost badly on the road to the Cowboys. They had beaten the Cowboys earlier at home, but that was a very close game. So it seems like the Cowboys right now seem to be a better team, and so do the and so do uh, the 49ers. So it's it's I would, in some ways, I am more I would be more disappointed as a Chiefs person because you think oh the Chiefs squandered more of their chances i would be more worried maybe in philadelphia because maybe they don't have what they had last year which was um you know they lost of course lost their coordinators they lost a defensive coordinator who um uh who became uh jonathan gannon became the coach in arizona and, and shane steichen the offensive coordinator became the coach in uh in, in indianapolis so they've lost their coordinators you know, i guess the chiefs lost one coordinator last year uh eric Bieniemy, uh, mm. but which may be the reason why the Chiefs haven't done as well, I think. Um, but you know, maybe maybe that maybe those are our reasons. But yeah, I guess I would be more worried. You know, as, as if I were, I guess if the Chiefs lose another game, maybe maybe it's the Chiefs. But I think as as of now, even though the Chiefs did lose to Philadelphia, it was one of those things like where in this, like in the last game, it's like the Chiefs lost more than the Eagles won. I think the Chiefs lost this game more than the Bills won it. I think the Chiefs also lost. Uh, maybe maybe Green Bay, you could say won it just as much as the Chiefs lost it because they played really well. Uh, yeah. But but still, it could have been one play here or there would have would have changed everything. So yeah, yeah, frustrating. There, yes. <laughs> what about what about your second? Uh, second game was another frustrating game, which we talked briefly about already. It was the, the Jets uh, scoring 30 points against Houston. I had Houston uh, minus three and a half, and they weren't anywhere close to that. Uh, ended up uh, dropping the game by 24 points. C.J. Stroud actually left the game with a concussion after being not good at all, I guess, really, for most of the game. It was only 91 passing yards. Uh was sacked yes. sometimes too. So um, now, yeah, that's going to be, you know, Houston's probably a team that's more worried about their their playoff potential, uh, especially if CJ Stroud's going to be forced to miss any time, which we don't at this point know. I believe he's in concussion protocol, so we'll have to see how you know, he progresses through that. Even one game can cost you though, and and because if if the, there's, there's that log jam at seven and six, and you, th- you like you feel like oh if you're the Bills right now or if you're the Bengals right now you have to feel better than you did um, a couple of weeks ago and, and going into the season I think everybody thought the Bills and Bengals were two of the top teams and if they're battling for wild card spots against you know the likes of Indianapolis or Denver or you know um, 
you know, Cleveland and teams like that, that are seen as not as good. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have to feel, you know, you have to, or Houston, those are the teams that you, you would probably worry about because it's, is there aren't going to be as maybe aren't going to be those free spots anymore because these teams that we thought were maybe to be counted out have, have turned it around and they're two of the scarier teams uh, in the, in the conference, if not the whole yeah. league. So. Pittsburgh too, probably is in that group. Right? Yeah. Yeah. In that first, in the, in the not so good group. Uh, yeah. But you know, so, they're a contender because they have won quite a few games, but yeah. So you think maybe there's only seem only like they're that good of a team. Yeah, you might think well. There's only one spot then for a not very good team in the AFC. If if you think that Cleveland, if you think that Cincinnati and Buffalo are turning it around well enough that they're going to finish uh, ten and seven at least, that means one of those other teams is probably there's a couple of those other teams that we're thinking, oh, we're in the playoffs ahead because Buffalo is uh, blowing these games and Cincinnati lost Joe Burrow. Uh, uh oh, you know the Chiefs are a game up far enough and i think people thought the chiefs were going to be better they do have to play cincinnati but even if they lose that game they're still going to be in the playoffs most likely yeah but it's yeah it's it's one of those things where i think some of those mid-season cinderellas are maybe not looking quite as um rosy uh, as they did a couple of weeks ago because of the looming con you know preseason contenders that are finally um, getting their bearings. So speaking of uh, not so rosy uh, games, my third bet was actually the rosiest of all of them because at least I got a push. Slightly rosier, at least. But I had it was the Vikings Raiders game. The Vikings were at the Raiders. The Vikings were three point favorites on the road. I had thought the Raiders should have been the favorites in that game, so I bet that game thinking that the Raiders would, would likely win. The, uh, but they they could. You can't win when you don't score any points. Uh, fortunately for the Raiders, uh, the Vikings almost didn't score any points either. But it was a three nothing victory, the lowest scoring game in ten years in the NFL, something like that. Maybe maybe. 15 years, I think it was 2007, maybe it was the last 3 nothing game. I can't remember what. Uh, mm. Oh, I don't think I looked at that. Uh, I looked at the, uh, the last time that there was a 0-0 finish was like pre-NFL. You know, what is the, what now constitutes the NFL, the old yeah. NFL. 2007 was the first, it was the first 3-0 game since Pittsburgh beat Miami in 2007. The, the third in the last 40 years. I think it was like the first time in six six years, I think, that they'd had a teams enter the fourth quarter at 0-0, zero, zero, which is still yeah. quite a long time for that to have happened even. So yeah. Yeah, really surprising at score. It's only had a 6-0 game and a 3-0 game the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, I mean, you think, too, like you know, if the Raiders managed to get a safety, they could have actually covered the spread with a 3-2 score, right? That would have been wonderful, but... <laughs> uh, last that couldn't have that didn't happen so at least it was a push so i didn't lose that that game so you know that could come into play uh down as the season goes on because i believe last year our uh betting was decided by you had a push and i had a loss uh so i was i so i ended up um losing by half half a game so now um i am maybe that half game will, will help me so i i didn't awesome. i don't I only lost two hundred dollars this week rather than 
three hundred dollars. Yes, but you won your game. You won I your. Did final. get my final pick. I had the um, Rams and Ravens over forty and a half points. I thought this would was likely to be a shootout, and it actually was. Uh, Ravens ended up winning thirty-seven, thirty-one, and a overtime punt return touchdown. Um, amazing. Uh, they had already. Well, more than covered the uh, the over at that point. Uh, so, yeah, 68 points was the final. So, full four touchdowns over the uh, um, over-under number. Not not too risky in that one. So, yeah, so I ended up one and two this week, down $100. I was 0-2-1, down 200 What what are, Where do we stand on the year? Uh, so on the year now, I am twenty two and twenty, up two hundred dollars on the season. And you were at twenty and twenty one, and one, down one hundred dollars. So three hundred dollar gap between us, which can be made up in as we've just as we've had in in one week, one good week. It only takes one week, or a good or a good week for me and a bad week for you. Basically, is what it would take. Um, that's a that's a pretty rough week overall for for us because we we've been doing quite well with these games in general and yeah this, um, this past two weeks have just been I yeah I've lost five hundred dollars these past two weeks so I I was um, sitting relatively pretty uh, but now I am down uh, and it, it turned out to be again a little bit of the opposite in our uh, on our big board. We both ended up losing money, but I ended up losing only $150 or so. And you ended up losing over $1,000. Yeah. Over hundred uh, In our fake money. Uh, so we maybe kind of switched, switched places this, 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 this week. Yeah. I'm still up about almost $2,300 on the season. Yeah, you're still up about eight. Eight thousand, nine thousand on me. I made I made up a thousand dollars ground, though, even though I still lost a little bit of money. So yeah. there's still a chance, at least for me, to make it more respectable as time uh, goes on. We still have weeks uh, fifteen through eighteen, so we have four more games, four more full slates too. Yeah. So these will be all sixteen games uh, every week. More more chances for you to, to mount that comeback, Mike. Yeah, so I I feel okay about about that. Um, ideally, you think well as the season goes on, you know the team's better and you know what's going to happen, but it doesn't seem like it's that's that's been the case this year in the NFL. So, in in certain weeks anyway, that are divisible by seven apparently. Yeah, or just the last two weeks for me. So. I've t- I, I was doing well and then I've taken a nosedive maybe hope, hopefully that I can pull out of that nosedive yeah. uh, getting in week 15 we'll talk about our week 15 picks uh, in a bit but do you want to talk a little about a little bit about baseball uh, let's do it we have some big news uh, probably the biggest news around baseball was the uh, Shohei Otani sweepstakes where the Dodgers ended up winning that signing him for 10 years 70 million dollars Per year on average, so he's ten years, seven hundred million dollar contract. And do you well, think normally that would be seventy million a year? But that, I don't think it's how they actually structured the contract, though. From what it sounded like, was it seems yeah, so like he's only going to be taking two million dollars a season and deferring sixty eight million dollars a year until the ten years following his contract until twenty thirty 
24 or 2044, I guess it would be. Yeah. yeah. That's a okay. lot of, that's a lot of deferrals. I guess you think, well, maybe the Dodgers can get more, even more great players uh, between now and then and get more championships. Do you think uh, Otani is worth, worth all that money? Is, or is he going to have a who holds esque uh, decline after yeah. signing? Well, so we already know he he won't live up to the full salary uh, his first season because he won't be pitching Mm -hmm. uh, because he's going to be sitting out, I believe, the whole year um, from from pitching duties uh, while his arm is healing from his most recent, like, I guess, hybrid UCL surgery. Uh, It wasn't quite the full UCL. It was was something similar. So it's a yeah a, a different type of procedure I guess that may not have quite the impact uh, on his playing ability at least allows him to to hit during the season so we know you know he's not going to be at full strength and he's not going to be playing two ways uh, which is where his full value comes from uh, so you know you know that first year is a little bit of a you know write off I guess but I don't know that team's going to be really tough to be <laughs> what's as strong as they already were, then adding Otani, they they have to be. You'd think at least perennial NL pennant seekers at least, right? Well, you you also I guess would have thought that though with the Angels though they would have been, you know, they had Mike Trout who is the, if not the best, the second best player after Otani in the league, and yep. they couldn't do anything with uh, Trout. So you know, hopefully. At least for Otani's sake, he's not a jinx uh, in the way that uh, maybe Trout has proven to be, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, the but the uh, the Dodgers were already a playoff team, and they were already like fighting for World Series appearances every every season. Yeah, that's true. So you, you know, the addition of Otani seems almost cruel to the rest of the division. Yeah. <laughs> It seemed, yeah, it seemed like um, the Giants also put a big offer in. Maybe the Blue Jays were also uh, contenders in the Otani sweepstakes. But yeah, it was the Dodgers. He ends up staying in Los Angeles. Maybe he can stay. He can still live in his own house. Maybe that. Maybe that's. Um, maybe that was the main reason he signed again with the with the Dodgers. But um, yeah, so the the Royals also signed some free agents. Not as not as big as not not splashes nearly as big as. Otani, but they signed um, three players in the in just over the over the last couple of days. Um, all pitchers: uh, Chris Stratton, Seth Lugo, and former Royals prospect slash young maybe player in the making, Will Smith, uh, once a uh, former All Star closer. Um, do you think those three guys can help? I think Stratton's probably going to be in the bullpen. Lugo is going to be a starter, and Smith in the bullpen. Do you think that's? Do you think uh, that will help shore up the the Royals' poor pitching staff? I think it's probably an improvement, and it. I mean, with at least two of those players over they who they have currently in those sort of roles, I'm not sure about Lugo though. Like he he'd done all right, um, the last couple seasons. You know, it seems like he was a reliever, converted back into a starter most recently uh but i don't i don't know that he's really going to be much different than like the lyles type on paper and yeah lyles had a disastrous season with the royals uh you know in 2023 so i'm not sure what to expect with it i'm trying to keep my expectations extremely low 
uh, and be pleasantly surprised if they do even okay. I think that's that's I think as a Royals fan that should be kind of the goal for this season. Yeah, they're, they're, these pitchers are all I guess veterans, so you might yeah. think that's they're also thirty three years old or older. Uh, I think Stratton is thirty three, Lugo and Smith are both thirty four, so you know they're younger than we are. I think we are both. I turned. I just turned forty five on on Monday. So happy birthday. Uh, 45. I should have led the show with that. I wasn't even thinking about that. Should, should have done that. Yeah, well, we can, well, we'll, we'll, lead, we'll uh, lead into our last segment talking about how old I am. But yes. uh, I, we, we, we are, so, you know, it feels funny talking about people being old who are more than a decade younger than we are. Right. In the back of our heads. It had to happen eventually. Every American male still thinks that they could perhaps uh, have a major league b- baseball career or or be in the uh, NFL because they think, oh, if things, certain things broke my way, we could still we could still do that. We have that sort of male fantasy. I don't know if it you can do happen. It. Yeah, are you saying it can't happen? What are you talking about? It, it's not it's not going to happen, especially now. Maybe ten years ago, since we were only thirty five, since there are players older than us in the league oh. uh, now. Especially since Tom Brady retired, nobody is older than us in any of the uh, <laughs> sports. Golf, probably. Yarmir Yager. Well, you know, not, well, Tiger Woods. If he wins another major, uh, maybe you could think, okay, I could be a golfer. But, um, but, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen either. Unlikely. Um, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, so well, so the, maybe the Royals. Were, I think it seems like the Royals were really trying to look forward to, if not this year, the year after twenty twenty five. So you know, maybe I think um, Lugo's a three year contract, fifteen million a year. I think Stratton and Smith are are they all are they also multi multiple year contracts? Uh, the Smith contract, I believe, was just a one year, five million dollar deal. And I'm not sure about the Stratton deal. I hadn't seen the numbers on that one yet. So I'm not sure what it's probably close to the Will Smith deal would be my assumption. Yeah. Um Stratton at least as of now, they don't they don't have uh, Stratton Stratton will uh uh will res two eight million over two years with an opt-out after the first. So if if uh if he doesn't, I guess if he does very very well, he might not want to. He might he might want to go for more money. So yeah, so yeah, four million dollar guarantee according to uh, MLBTradeRumors.com. Yeah, so two years, eight million, but he can leave after one if he wants more money and he thinks he can get more money. So, so, but it seems like they're they're, they're trying to at least be competitive next year from a pitching standpoint, mm. which, which is- was by far their weakest spot on the you know part, portion of their of the team was the bullpen and the starting rotation yeah reagan's was the lone bright spot really the soul he, he was somebody they kind of lucked out on like they only ended up with him because texas had didn't have room for him in their giant roster that they constructed over the course of the season so you know benefited the royals <laughs> nicely to have them you know lose faith in him and and enough to get rid of him well they cut him loose anyway so yeah, yeah. well I, and we still have no movement it doesn't sound like there's much movement on the royal stadium 
front uh, mm-hmm. either. So maybe we, maybe we can leave uh, the hot stove uh, simmering uh, while we go back to football. Uh, the and this is going to be week fifteen. The Chiefs play uh, New England. Uh, do you have any predictions in the Chiefs New England game? Uh, they was supposed to be on Sunday night, but Monday it was, night it was supposed to be the Monday, Monday night game. Monday night, but it was moved because nobody wants to watch. Well, maybe Bailey Zappi is a little bit more competitive than we than we thought, but uh, the, the Chiefs got bumped uh, to Sunday, the early Sunday afternoon slot, one p.m. Eastern, twelve Central. Uh, do you have any predictions for the Chiefs Patriots? Well, then, and then the new re- the recipient of the Monday Night slot probably looks a little bit worse after this last two weeks than two, is it not? The uh, Philly, yeah, Phillies, yeah. It's it's teams so in Seattle. Who, Seattle had looked terrible the last couple of weeks. So. It's teams fighting for their playoff lives rather than yeah. against um, a strong team against a weaker team, seeming. But it's, it is odd that it was yeah like two weeks ago. This looked, seemed like a no brainer kind of move, and now it's like I don't. Know, it may be like a neutral, almost like a wash um, switching of the uh, Monday night performers. So it's yeah. I mean, yeah, hopefully this is the Chiefs, you know, not getting screwed by the officials and actually just deciding that they want to just win games and not worry about or leave anything to chance. That is what I'm hoping to see from them on the on the field this week. Yeah, you, you hope that they can put together a performance from the offense that's good and the defense that's good at the same time. Yeah, and so I may so I'm I may be more wishful thinking than anything. I, so I ended up betting on the Chiefs game again this week. So I, I'm over two, but I decided to move away from the Chiefs spread, which I think is nine and a half right now. The Chiefs are favored by nine and a half against New England. Uh, the over under is thirty seven, um, and I and I actually went with the under in this game. I think the Chiefs will win, but I don't think those I don't think the total score will be very high. So I'm thinking maybe it's a twenty four to ten type of game. Uh, hopefully more like 28 to three type of game, but either way it's under. Uh, and if it's, you know, 21 to 14, maybe it'll still be under. So I, I, I like, I like the under here. I think it's more likely that new England won't score very many points. Uh, they did score three touchdowns against uh, the uh, Steelers last week, but they scored them all in the first half and then they mm. were shut out the rest of it. So Maybe the Chiefs' defense can shut uh, down New England for, you know, three plus quarters. So that's, that's, that was, that's under there. And that was that Thursday night game too. So like you know maybe maybe it's actually the offenses that have a slight advantage on Thursday night as opposed to what we've always sort of like been told and or assumed that it was the yeah. Well, they caught them by surprise at the beginning, and then 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 Pittsburgh settled down. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like under thirty seven. For Kansas City, New England. Uh, do you have a first uh, lock of the week that you uh, are confident in? Um, confident, less confident than I was before. <laughs> anyway, uh, but my first lock of the week uh, is is also an over under number. I'm looking at the uh, Bears Browns game, uh, which is uh, also a noon game on Sunday. Uh, over under number on that game is thirty seven and a half. It seems like both teams have actually been scoring a little bit more in the last couple of weeks. So I'm hoping to see that trend continue uh, and hit the over in that game, over 37 and a half points. Over 37 and a half. I could see that. 
I'm going also over under my second pick, uh, and that is I'm going under again. This is San Francisco Arizona. They're over under is forty seven and a half. I think it's going to be. I want the. I think the game is going to be lower scoring than that. Uh, I think I, I think San Francisco might shut down Arizona mostly, and I don't think they'll score 47 points on their own. So I think this maybe would be like a 31 to 10 type of game or a, uh, maybe 28 to 14 type of game. Uh, so both of those would be um, comfortably under the 47 and a half. I don't think I don't think Arizona's offense is better with Kyler Murray back, but I think. San Francisco's defense is very strong, and I think I think the under even and, and even if it's a little closer, I think it would probably be lower scoring than higher scoring. So maybe I think San Francisco is favored by about two touchdowns um, right now. Uh, is it thirteen and a half? Yeah, or yeah, thirteen and a half. Thirteen and a half. So yeah, and then I'd like to also like to incorporate the distance traveled as being a factor. Uh, not that far for San Francisco to go travel to Arizona, though. Yeah, it's not it's not a drive you'd like to make, but it's a it's it's a flight as a, as far as flights go, it's not it's not very far no. uh, from from uh, California to Arizona. How how long this is the um, how long do you think it would take to drive from San Francisco to Phoenix? Uh, like less than half a day, probably less than that, maybe even. By half a day, do you mean? Um, twelve hours. Yeah, well, I'll say less than twelve hours driving. It's uh, right. Um, Google Maps tells me uh, eleven hours and forty nine minutes. So, Ooh, were... oh, that was that was a very close line there too. Like, well placed. <laughs> yeah, you, you were you were for betting purposes. An over under twelve hours. That would have been a. And that's from San Francisco to Phoenix. I don't know about um, uh, Santa uh, Santa Clara to right or is it Tempe? Is that <laughs> from stadium to stadium? Yeah, it's Glendale. Okay, let's go Santa Clara to Glendale. Can you add 11 minutes just to make it trip the over on 12 hours? It's actually a little shorter, 11 hours, 16 minutes. So, no, a little more comfortable because Santa Clara is kind of far south from San Francisco. So, you and you're probably yeah. outside all that traffic and stuff like that. So, maybe um, at least if I left, if you left right now, I guess it would be 11 hours, 16 minutes. So, if you left, this is you know, it's it's uh currently about eight thirty, eight almost 8 30 on the pacific coast so um if you left about three hours ago um, but it would have been a much different story probably uh so right <laughs> this is the, t- the time to drive uh right about now so yeah arizona is coming off their bye this week though san francisco also has been a juggernaut mm-hmm. it'd be surprising if arizona does much in this game even with the extra prep time and I think if Arizona does well, it, it'll have to keep um, San Francisco from scoring a lot of points. I don't think it, I don't think Arizona's going to win a shootout. It was not going to be like a 31-28 game. I think it would be more yeah. like 20 to 17, maybe something like that, or 24 to 20 type of win for the Cardinals. Um, and you're fine with all of that. And so, yeah, that's my guess. I don't know. It's, watch out now. It's going to be um, 
34-31, one of the teams. Uh, what you don't want to see is the 45-0 score with Arizona trying to kick a field goal just to like save face and not get shut out. <laughs> that's, the, that's the scenario you just – that's the only one you really are concerned about, right, and that you don't want to see. That would be the, that would be the saddest of all. <laughs> Uh, speaking of sad, how about your second uh, uh, of the week? So, uh, yeah, it, it, this is in more of, you know, trying to make sure to try to get one of these locks. Not necessarily a sure thing, but, you know, as close to a sure thing as you can. Even with all the uncertainty from the last week, anyway, the one thing that does seem fairly certain is that Carolina is not winning games. No. Uh, Atlanta is a three-point road favorite uh, in Carolina this week. So I'm taking Atlanta with the three-point edge here. Yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to trust uh, mediocre teams on the road, but yeah. maybe if they're playing a team as bad as Carolina without, you know, a coach really. Yeah. And so I I could see that as being a, a and probably maybe Atlanta's coming off a loss. They're still challenging for the division, the NFC South division title. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I I think that's I think that's I think that's a decent possibility. I don't. Um. Yeah, it's one of those things. I I don't like. I I I'm I don't like betting on necessarily on teams that I don't think are very good. But they're playing against a team that's all you you know is below, just not very good right now. They they seem you know they're clearly probably the worst team in the league this year. Um, the Carolina Panthers, especially with New England winning last week and some of the uh, yeah some of the weaker teams getting wins this this yeah. Last. Tennessee. Looking for more, more looking for a little bit more certainty. Yeah, not Arizona. seeing it in a lot of places in the league right now. Yeah, Arizona had a buy last week, but they didn't lose last week. Uh, so true. Yeah, can't um, take a loss in the week he didn't play. No, and Arizona's been a lot better since Kyle Murray has returned. So, the, so I think, yeah. yeah, it seems like Carolina is clearly the worst. And Chicago, Chicago was one of the bad teams too, and they won uh, last week. So yeah, some of these bad teams. Uh, did fairly well. Uh, the Giants, uh, of course, also won last week. Uh, Tommy DeVito, hey Tommy, uh, he's been uh, he's been he's been doing great. So I actually am uh, betting on the Giants uh, this week as my third lock of the week. The Giants are at New Orleans. They're favor. They're they're uh, six point underdogs on the road, and so I picked the Giants at plus six against New Orleans. I think, you know, I don't think they're necessarily going to win, but I think they can keep it close. Uh, Tommy DeVito has uh, been kind of a, a feel-good story for Giants fans in a not-very-good-feeling uh, season. Uh, technically, the Giants are still in the playoffs, and if they win out, they can be 9-8. and eight. Um, So, you know, maybe they'll win against New Orleans. New Orleans has been kind of shaky the whole all season, so I think the Giants can keep it close uh, in the Dome. Well, this is going to be nice. Saquon Barkley's been doing well. I think DeVito maybe can at least continue his steady performance. And you never know what you're going to get from uh, uh, the the, uh, the the Saints. Uh, is, is James Winston going to be the starter? Oh, I don't even know who's. I, I know that um, your former uh, Bain, who is now no longer, I guess, in that position, uh, had been injured the last week and, and missed the most recent game, but they seem to do all right without him. Uh, drawing a blank on his name. What is his name? Ty. Oh, oh. oh Taysom Hill. Hill, yeah. Yeah. We forgot our, our friend Taysom Hill. 
Yeah, so I think yeah, he's he Hill has been yeah, he's moved from my least favorite player list to like a person that I have no uh ill will towards. Um I think right now Michael McCorkle Jones is is my least favorite player. Yeah. Uh, at least at least uh uh out since since uh, Deshaun Watson is is uh, <laughs> injured and maybe since Aaron Rodgers is kind of injured too. So uh right now it's 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 McCorkle. Max. It looks like it looks like Carr played the last game. Yeah, he got he got into an altercation, I think, with one of his uh linemen. Uh there was a lot of infighting. So maybe mm. maybe Saints are maybe uh not focused on the upcoming game and maybe are just trying to you know keep from falling apart. So maybe yeah, that helps me that makes me even a little bit more confident in the Giants' ability to keep it close. They they've They've played better the last few weeks, and DeVito is a, uh, you know, I don't know what this means for Daniel Jones's future, but it seems like uh, if DeVito can play adequately, you know, it's, you know, it's a good thing for the Giants. How about your third and final lock of the week, Dr. Scott? So my last lock, I'm going to the Monday night game. I'm really expecting to see Philly bounce back uh, from their current two-game losing streak. They've, they're playing in Seattle uh, Monday night. They're favored by three and a half points. Uh, I expect to see Philly take this by probably a touchdown, if not more. Uh, Seattle's been scoring a little bit more, but I don't think they're that good of a team really right now, and they seem to be maybe on their decline probably on their way out as we might guess for the playoffs this season uh mm-hmm. yeah so i am i'm gonna take philly assuming philly will be riding the ship i guess is uh, well, yeah their final pick this week that's one of i think several fairly attractive games this week uh, we start out with some um games on saturday i think all three of the saturday games are interesting because we have playoff contenders for i think all six of the teams playing our playoff contenders we have minnesota at cincinnati pittsburgh and indianapolis and then denver at detroit none of those teams are world beaters i don't think but i think they're all decent so we can get some good games on the saturday uh december 16th i don't know where my um if i had to just you know pick i would say money line i would say cincinnati pittsburgh and maybe denver in an upset over detroit i i uh that's that. That would be maybe more where I would lean, but I'm not sure. Um, but those would be good games. Also, the late, uh, one of the late games on the two late games on Sunday, two of the late games on Sunday, the Dallas at Buffalo, and then Baltimore at Jacksonville are going to be probably good games too, depending on who the quarterback is for Jacksonville. It's probably going to be Lawrence, but seems uh, so, like it was you, Lawrence. That was pretty impressive that he played in the most recent game with the high ankle sprain, and then yeah, they said mid ankle sprain. Oh, I guess sprain, yeah. It wasn't high enough, so I guess yeah. that's better. But so there's quite a few good games uh, on the slate, and you, and you get that with with all 16 matchups, and even some games that maybe seemed pretty bad last week are turning out to be a little bit better, like you know Tampa Bay Green Bay or Houston Tennessee, uh, Jets Miami, Chicago Cleveland. You know, there's the, the teams that were on the down, you know, that were on the downslope are. Are, are getting wins so maybe you know it might be a very competitive 
And even Kansas City, New England probably falls into that. You know, there's a lot of competitive looking um matchups uh, this week. So it's 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 not like there's these Titan, you know, maybe Dallas Buffalo is the is the clash of the Titans, but um but it's a it's a it's a it's a good week overall, I think, on the schedule. Maybe maybe not quite as lopsided as some of the previous weeks have been with the huge spreads too. There's only one game with a ten plus point spread as of now. Yeah, I guess Kansas City goes nine and a half, and uh, Jets are are eight and a half point underdogs in Miami. So, yeah. but there's a lot of close games. So this is gonna be, I think, an interesting interesting week uh, to predict. Uh, I still don't know which way I'm gonna go for most of these games, uh, and we we will have a couple of days to decide. But we have our locks in. And uh, do we have do we want to talk? Do we have anything else to to add this week? Oh, I think efficiently went through our frustrations and our uh, expectations for this coming week. Hopefully, We've less frustrations. Our joys and concerns, <laughs> as they say. Uh, I don't know who says that, but I think I think somebody says joys and concerns. Hmm. Um. Anyway. Uh, we we are joyous that you have decided to uh, watch and or listen to the Warning Track Power Hour. We are concerned, however, about our our picks uh, of the past over the past couple of weeks, uh, and our uh, maybe what's coming up this week. We we aren't sure how well those will do. We're we're we're, we're um, cautiously optimistic, perhaps uh, at best, right now. Um, but we hope you're at least cautiously optimistic about your uh, picks uh, for this week and for your team's chances in the next uh, several weeks uh, as we get closer and closer to uh, playoff football. And, you know, it's it's an exciting time of year to be an NFL fan. And it's uh, even with some of the issues with officiating and, uh, you know, just general incompetence that we sometimes see out there on the field, uh, the you know it's it's still it's still the best time of of of, of the year I think for the NFL also with the holiday season approaching so it's it's a it's a fun festive merry time uh, for all of us and from both of us here at the uh you know uh Warner Power Hour we'll we'll, we'll uh, be uh, interested in in uh, you know seeing how this uh, turns out so uh, as always I am Dr Michael Werman Esquire. He uh, is Dr. Andrew Scaff, non-Esquire. We are the Warning Track Power Hour, half-Esquire. And please uh, like and subscribe, whether you're an Esquire or not, to our YouTube channel or our uh, variety of, of podcast, uh, deliver, uh, podcast delivery systems, and, and you can find us there. So uh, until next week, when we'll have another exciting Warning Track Power Hour, we will wish you a good day. <laughs>